Good morning. Whether you're joining us over the live stream or here in person, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Acting Senior Minister at the Church, and I welcome each and every one of you here this morning. I especially want to welcome our visitors. We're so glad you're with us. If you're on the live stream and you have the ability to do so, please say something in the comments. Say hello and let us know from where you're watching the service. If you're with us here in the sanctuary this morning, we invite you to coffee and conversation after the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite those online to greet each other in the comments and those here in person to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. Good morning. Please join me in the words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship comes from Brian Andreas. Say yes, whatever it is, say yes with your whole heart. And simple as it sounds, that's all the excuse life needs to grab you by the hands and start to dance. This congregation has a common religious purpose. It's our mission. We'll be talking later about how our current mission came to be. We wrote it together, we love it, we put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Each week, we have a moment for beloved community to further explore what we mean by that term in our mission. This morning, I want to talk with you a little bit about the fact that we are a reproductive freedom congregation. That's through an organization called Just Texas. They help us organize together with other reproductive freedom congregations throughout the state to advocate for reproductive justice. Recently, I've been talking with the organizer at Just Texas, as well as attending, along with some of your fellow church members, a three-session training on organizing for reproductive justice that is done through our National Unitarian Universalist Side with Love public advocacy team. Both of those folks have talked to me and us a lot about the need to have a conversation within the congregation regarding how much risk we're willing to take as regards advocating for reproductive justice. So, for instance, us raising money within the congregation to give to a reproductive justice organization is probably lower risk than, oh, say, what one of our fellow UU congregations is doing, which is organizing people within the church to help women travel to a different state where it's legal to get an abortion. So they've recommended that we talk about a spectrum or a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the least risky, 10 being the most risky. I'm going to give you one of the examples they gave us this morning. 
So one, least risky, would be our congregation should avoid taking part or supporting any actions that could get us in legal trouble because we have an obligation to continue operating in order to fulfill our mission. On the other end of the spectrum, nearer the 10, our congregation should be willing to risk taking actions that could bring legal consequences to individual members or the institution itself because being a public moral voice for justice is a part of our core mission. So, would you be nearer the 10 or the 1, personally? Where do you think the congregation as a whole might lie? And it gets even more complicated because the legal landscape keeps changing regarding this issue. How would you feel about some people that are willing to take more risk, taking that risk under the banner, though, of First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin social justice? Let's think about these things, and we will have more conversations about this going forward. Good morning. I'd like to invite the children to come up for the story for all ages. You can come and sit right up here and get a close-up view of our story. So this book today is called A Church for All. And we're going to notice this, the church in our book is a Christian church. Can everybody see that sign? That's a cross. And we don't have one of those in our church because we're not a Christian church, even though Many of our members, many people here may be Christians. Not everyone is, and so we're not a Christian church. But even though this church is different from ours, I think there's a lot of things in this church in the book that are like our church too and are about the way that we want to be. So this is called A Church for All by Gail E. Pittman and Laura Fournier. Sunday waking. Day is breaking. Let's go to our church for all. Church bells ringing, joyful noises. Choir singing, laughing voices. Candles glowing, banners flowing. Come enter our church for all. Weak and healthy. Neat and messy. Poor and wealthy, plain and dressy. All embracing, spirit gracing, each one at our church for all. Bodies wiggling. You want to show me what that looks like? (laughs) Mommies reading, children giggling. You want to try it? Can you giggle on command? (laughs) Daddy's pleading. Toddlers flailing, babies wailing. There's room at our church for all. That's right. (laughs) Hands receiving, hands connecting. Hearts believing, hearts accepting. Feel the spirit. Can you hear it? It's here at our church for all. Dreaming by Chris Jemerson. 
In the night, I dreamt of a world made better by our togetherness, of reaching toward never-before-imagined horizons, made knowable and possible only by living in mutuality. I saw distant lands made out like visions of paradise, replenished and remade through a courage that embraced interdependence. We dwelt in fields of green together, fertile valleys nurtured by trust. We built visions of love and beauty and justice, nourished by partnership, cultivated through solidarity. I dreamt of lush forests thriving with life, oceans teeming with vitality, mountains stretching toward majesty, our world made whole again. These things we had done together, these things we had brought to pass with each other. These dream world imaginings seemed possible in the boundless creativity we only know through our unity. I awoke and still the dream continues. This is the time in our service where we center ourselves together. And during our time of centering this morning, I would like to request that you pray if that's your practice, or if not, hold in your heart and send heartfelt well wishes to our church staff member, Cami Cornell. As some of you may have already heard, Cami has received a diagnosis of lung cancer. She doesn't yet know her prognosis, at least the specifics of it, nor the specifics of her treatment regimen. I talked with her yesterday, and she seemed to be in great spirits. We will give her the gift of privacy for a little while. However, she would love cards, so please either mail a card for Cami to the church or bring it to us, and the staff will get the cards to her. She'll be letting us know soon other ways that we might be able to help out. Holding Cami in our hearts, we enter into our time of centering together. Sensing a love that knows no bounds. Breathing together and sensing one another's loving presence all around us even through virtual space. And breathing together, we follow our breath into a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, that place where a spark of the divine dwells within each of us. Breathing in and breathing out, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of that sacred silence in this congregation. Breathing in and breathing out, we now enter into that time of silence together.
I invite you now to light candles, candles of sorrow, joy, hope, remembrance, resilience.
The year was 2017. The month, November. The leading cast of characters, our board of trustees at the time. Their objective, should they decide to accept it, was to begin a process within the church to review our values, mission, and ends. That's how our story today begins. Now, last week, I talked about how our values, mission, and ends first came to be articulated back in 2010. If you missed that service, our current version of these are listed in the handouts that we gave you and placed around the sanctuary within your digital order of service and on a poster in the fellowship hall, as well as on our web page and our Facebook page. One might suspect we want it to be easy for you to know about these things. To quickly review, values are the broadest, deepest aspect of our vision as a religious community. Our values are the the core of how we want to be in the world. Our mission, then, arises out of those values. The mission is our common purpose as a religious community, the overarching differences we are here to make. Well, the mission then gets further defined by what we call ends. It might help to think of ends as more detailed descriptions and goals for how we will live out our mission. Ends embody what specific measurable differences we hope to make. Well, seven years later, after 2010, acting in accordance with commonly held best practices, the board engaged the church in a review of the values, mission, and ends as they existed at that time. They recruited volunteers to facilitate sessions with congregants, naming those sessions Courage and Wonder, Visioning Our Future, Together. Notice that courage and wonder were drawn directly from among our value statements. In the sessions, congregants gathered into small groups of about four and were invited to share with each other based upon the following prompts. The first was Tell me a story about an experience at First UU, a time particularly grounded in courage and wonder. A time when you and others were living lives of honesty, vulnerability, and beauty. Open to and curious about the unknown. A time when you felt especially alive, involved, and engaged with this religious community. Then folks were asked to share a second time. That prompt was... As you think about courage and wonder shaping our future at First UU, imagine there are no obstacles, that all you hear is, yes, we can do that together. What three wishes would you make for what courage and wonder help our congregation create in the future? Obviously, that was before the pandemic I wonder how we might answer these inquiries now. Finally, the groups were given art supplies and pictures taken from magazines. They were asked to imagine that it's 10 years later and the wishes that they had come up with had come true. 
Based on that, the groups each created a magazine cover using the art supplies that they had been given that addressed this question. How is First UU changing lives now that your wishes have come true? Well, the board then took those magazine covers and summaries of the answers to the two inquiries and re-examined the values, mission, and ends. They found that the five values that are listed in your handout still held true for the congregation. However, they slightly changed the mission from what it had been. It had been we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. They changed that to our current mission, which we said together earlier and which is on our wall. They did so to reflect a bolder commitment within the church to anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism that had come out during those sessions. The term, build the beloved community, captured that bolder bolder commitment and gave a desired outcome to the mission. But the ends were where the real action happened. The board created an entirely new set of ends to more fully express that new boldness and that desired outcome to the mission. It's those ends that I want to talk about more today because they still inform all of our ministries and programs. Now, there are eight of them, so necessarily I'll just touch briefly on each one for now. So... Our first end is we live our Unitarian Universalist faith and values, teach them to our children, and act on them in the world. We do this through our worship services, music, religious education, or RE, and our social justice activities, which include our children and youth. For instance, a group of us is attending a reproductive resource fair, reproductive justice resource fair and rally this evening at 6.30 downtown. You can find more about that at the social justice table in the fellowship hall after the service. In recent prior months, our terrific social justice chair, Carrie Holly Hurt, led several of our folks in publicly decrying horrible legislation that harms trans people. And she led them also in working on UU the Vote, our voter turnout efforts. We've lived our faith and values by becoming an immigration sanctuary church, a reproductive freedom congregation, an LGBTQ welcoming congregation, a green sanctuary church, and by adopting the UU Eighth Principle, which calls us to dismantle racism and oppression in ourselves and our institutions. (laughs) I'm out of breath. That's a lot, and it is only a few examples of how this church is living out that first end. The second one is we support and challenge one another in worship, spiritual growth, and lifelong learning to practice a rich spiritual life. It's through this end that we have learned that to grow spiritually, we must challenge ourselves. Sometimes we can't be in a space that feels entirely comfortable and safe. Sometimes we have to be in a brave space. 
Our moment for a beloved community, for instance, can sometimes be a bit challenging. And once again, we also fulfill this end through our worship, music, and RE. Our chalice circle, small group ministries, wellspring, spiritual reflection groups, our meditation group, book groups, fellowship and fun activities, and other ministries also contribute towards folks practicing a rich spiritual life. And one of my favorite reflections on spiritual growth came from something one of your fellow congregants shared with me a while back. They said something like, I experience the spiritual when I am out working with others to struggle for greater justice in our world. Third end. We engage with one another to care for the earth and the interdependent web. As I mentioned, we are a Unitarian Universalist Association accredited Green Sanctuary Church. We have a strong Green Sanctuary team led by the dynamic duo of Becky and Richard Halpern who have spearheaded our our participation in so many environmental and climate justice efforts, I can't possibly name them all now. They and their team have truly made this church a leader in such efforts in our area. I encourage you to talk with them and get involved. We also teach our children about and involve them in caring for the interdependent web. Our fourth end states, we care for one another in intergenerational community and connect in fun and fellowship. Celeste Padilla and her merry band of folks with our fun and fellowship team have organized a number of great intergenerational events, including the very best online variety show of all time during the pandemic. My spouse Wayne and I were thrilled to provide some of the worst jokes ever for that show. We have at least one intergenerational service each month. We have an active care team for folks who are facing life challenges. Our RE programs promote intergenerational interaction, including our awesome summer camp that we just held. The fifth end is we embody the principles of Unitarian Universalism and invite people of goodwill to find a spiritual home with us. Our wonderful congregational administrator, Shannon, and a group of terrific volunteers provide several path to membership classes each year to orient potential new members. Our excellent Transformation Through Connection and Services team helps folks find ways to get involved, which also helps people get to know other church members. Since we've returned to in-person services, we've engaged in several ways to try and invite people of goodwill to find that spiritual home with us. Here are a few examples. We're upgrading our playground and classrooms to make them more inviting. We've changed the website for the church to more directly feature ways to get connected and our worship services. We've placed signs in the building inviting visitors to speak with me after the service. And we recently ran a targeted promotion on Facebook promoting our values, principles, and mission. Last week, 
we had a sponsorship on our local NPR radio station, KUT, to do the same and inviting folks to visit the church website as well as the church itself. N number six is we partner with other organizations and faith communities to dismantle a culture of white supremacy and other systems of oppression within ourselves, within our church community, and beyond our walls. This one is so rich and complex that I cannot even come close to covering it all this morning. We'll address it more in the weeks to come, though. To start with, though, we work with a large number of other organizations to carry out this end. And one of the vital things we've learned from this end is that it's often most effective for those of us with a, from within a majority white, majority privileged congregation to follow the lead of those other organizations, especially, for instance, anti-racism groups led by people of color. Many of our sermons and the Moment for Beloved Community encourage us to dismantle systems of racism and other oppressions. Each year, your board of trustees reads and discusses an anti-racism book, and we've recently formed a new book group within the church that will be studying such a book together. Our RE programs contain anti-racism, anti-oppression subject matter and activities, and of course, again, many, if not most, of our social justice efforts address this end. Both your board president, Nason, and I have noted how similar this end is to the UU Eighth Principle we recently approved. This end, then, is in close alliance with the priorities of our larger UU faith. Our seventh end is... We provide leadership to and collaborate with the greater Unitarian Universalist community to expand the reach of our movement. We serve as a hub congregation in our area, often coordinating local social justice efforts, working with other churches to provide our whole lives age-appropriate sexual education classes and the like. Many of our sermon videos have been picked up and used by other UU churches, as has our music, and we've developed an online following with UUs across the nation and even overseas on our live stream. Our ministers, staff, and some of our church members have served in various national leadership positions within our faith. I continue to serve as a mentor for other ministers, and our minister, Emerita Meg, now provides counseling for other ministers. Our Inside Amigos Immigration Justice Program and our Immigration Sanctuary efforts have served as models throughout Unitarian Universalism. Well, last but certainly not least, we are generous with time talent, and treasure to realize our mission. What more can I really say on this one except you certainly are. Thank you. All of our ministries, from RE to worship, to music, to social justice, to fun and fellowship, to our governance, every aspect of this church is only possible because of our generous, talented, and good-looking volunteers. 
Now, during the pandemic, like most other churches, we saw a decline in membership. Yet, we did not see a corresponding decline in pledging. Because, because those of you here today, online and in person, rose to the challenge and kept this church going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, talent, and treasure. Wow, I know that was a lot and fairly didactic by its very nature. I think it's important for us to be aware, though, of what our ends are, why they matter. Please know that the handful of examples I've had time to give you this morning of what we're doing to make progress toward those ends is just that, a small sampling We are doing and will do even more. Progress toward our ends is a large part of the way in which we gauge how well we're living out our mission and values. Our ends proclaim who we are through what we do. They require that we join together and strive toward them as a community. They call us to work in solidarity with others. They move us toward mutuality, unity, and celebration of our interdependence. Our ends are how we say yes to our mission and the vision that radiates forth from our values. So let us say yes So that, like in our call to worship earlier, life can take us by the hands and start the dance. Please join me in the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back out into our world today, know that the love to be found in this place, this religious community, remains with you. May we, each of us, answer yes to the ways of being in the world to which our faith, our values, our mission, our ends are calling us. My heart is with you throughout your days. May we know solidarity. May we celebrate interdependence. May we join with others to build that beloved community of which we dream. May the congregation say amen Amen. and blessed be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.